Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Nineteenth chapter and beginning with the twenty-eighth verse. Jesus is hanging on a cross, and Jesus knew that by now everything had been accomplished. In order to make the scripture come true, he said, I am thirsty. A bowl was there full of cheap wine. They soaked a sponge in the wine, put it on a branch of hyssop, and lifted it to his lips. Jesus took the wine and said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and died. Lord, help us to understand what John is trying to tell us about life. It is finished. I recall being with a lady in the hospital that was dying, and she knew that she was dying. Though she had not really been ill that long, but she knew she was, and she was a very gentle person, a very quiet person. And being with her in the closing hours of her life, in fact, the last hour of her life, and it impressed me very much to know that she was completely conscious up until just a few months before she died, and that she died the way that she lived, in a very peaceful, quiet way. Jesus Christ knew that he was dying. He was traveling under no illusion, no false hopes about the situation at all. The sun had had its way and pain had snapped his strength and, and all the mental and physical cruelty that had been heaped upon him. And now at last it comes to the place where his soul can no more live within this physical body of his at that moment. And the hour was at hand still being in charge of his mental faculties. He is saying, as John understood it, to fulfill the scriptures, uh, that it is finished. Now, what in the world did Jesus have in mind uh, when he said it is finished? What did John understand him to be really saying in those just those few words, that it is finished? What did he mean by that? Now, Dear ones, I'm not quite sure. I know some things that he was saying. But to try to understand and understand completely and totally what he was saying when he said, it is finished the way that he said it. And I think most of us are going to have to wait till we get to heaven and to see what he was really talking about. But there are some things that we do know that he meant and some things we know that he did not mean. And the first thing I would like to call to your attention as we think together this morning is what he did not mean when he said, it is finished. It is not the cry of one that has been defeated or is in the process of being defeated. Now, if time has told us anything, it surely has told us that, that it did not mean that, though there were those standing there to put the cross that day thought that it did mean that. I am quite sure that his mother and those that loved him John, the one that wrote this scripture, as he's standing there over the cross and saw what was taking place and what was happening, 
I am quite sure that he thought that this was a final situation like it would have been in any other situation where a person was dying. It's over. It's finished. It's done. And now that's it. And also I can think of the others that were standing there, certainly if some of the disciples were, and they thought about what was happening. We know that they thought for sure uh, that Jesus Christ had been defeated. They could not understand how the cross could fit in to the kingdom of God. And we know that they thought it was over. The little venture that they had been on had failed. And the dreaming situation was over and done. And now they had to get back to the realities of life. And I can imagine as they went to back to their boats and to fishing, that there were those who made fun of them. And they felt the embarrassment and the shame of it, thinking that something was going to be ushered in greatly, that they were going to be part of it in a special way, and then come to this type of, of an end in such a disgraceful way for their leader to be crucified along with the other lawbreakers of the day. They thought so, but that wasn't what Jesus was saying. No, I think that Jesus was saying this if he were saying anything, and I'd like to mention just two or three to you this morning. And the first thing that I would say uh, that it is a cry of victory over suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. A victory over suffering. Now, suffering has the possibility of doing one or two things for you. And either bring you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ or take you farther away from him. I'll guarantee you will not leave you standing in the very same place. Or we can say suffering has a possibility of making you more mellow, more understanding, more considerate, or it has the possibility of making you bitter. And in all probability, you, if you've lived any length of time at all, have met those people where this has happened to them, that they have moved from one to the other. And the suffering, uh, the suffering servant here has done it. He has made Suffering worked for the kingdom of God. Suffering was the companion of the Lord Jesus Christ all of his life. And we think about the mental and the spiritual and the physical cruelty that was heaped upon him by those that he lived with and lived for. And yet as we look at this person, we see that he was not changed, diverted for one degree from what he was set to accomplish. Now, to me, this is a very meaningful thing. As I look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and get some concept of how uh, then that I am to react and act in relation to pain and to suffering and to these things that happen to us as we go about this business of living. And I can tell you right now, the more positive you are and more certain you are of the way that you ought to live, the more harassment that you're going to receive uh, from this world. Isn't it tragic uh, that those who are trying to do that which is right and are doing that which is right, and yet there are those who will take what they are doing and twist it around and turn it into something that is ugly. One of the men that used to be in this church, and he left a few weeks after I got here because he was transferred down to the lower end of our 
state, made a statement to me that was so true. He said, you know, a man can live and work, or a woman can live and work for 30 years and doing, doing a beautiful job. And because they run into conflict and opposition with other forces that are negative to them, uh, that within a day's time, uh, all of their good work and their good name can be destroyed. And my friend, that is a fact. And you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, they tried, they tried. But it's interesting to note and thank God uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ did not give in to the pressure uh, that would have changed him. But he held faithful to his course. And in this situation where he is dying on the cross, he is saying, it is finished. My suffering is over. It is fulfilled. It is completed. The suffering servant. He was not the servant of suffering though. There's a difference. And we need to make it the difference too. We are reading much in the newspapers and our magazines about the shuttle that's going to be cast into space within this month, hopefully. Delayed, people have lost their life. Well, in reading about that and preparing these who will fly that shuttle, the article said that in preparing them for this and one of these capsules that they put them in to assimilate all the things that they need to have together and to do the job of preparing for it, they put stress on them. I don't know what the, the article didn't say what kind of stress, but anyway, whether it be mental or physical, they have a panic button there. And when it reaches to a place of suffering or pain that they can't handle it, they can push the panic button. And then immediately it's tripped. Or they're out of the capsule or whatever. Uh, but they're free immediately. Well, if Jesus had a panic button, he didn't touch the panic button. No, he made the test. Suffered the pain and agony for you and for me. Well, it's a victory over life. A victory over life. He had lived it as it had been called for him to live it. Each hour of each day. He lived it. No need to ask for another opportunity because he had made the most of the opportunities that had been given to him. Oh, dear friends, I, again, I look at the Lord Jesus Christ. If I understand what John is telling us that was really taking place, I strive with him own heart and soul to be in this position. And I work at it. Every day I consciously work at it. And I think that you have to work at it if you're going to do anything about it. And I don't have to check your heart to know how fickle it is and how it wants to do something else other than what it ought to do. I have only to look at my own heart to know that it's more, and as I grow older, it's more easy for me to think in terms of what good things I did yesterday and let that satisfy what I'm not doing today. Oh, it is so easy to think of what I did yesterday in the church and I did yesterday for the Lord and, and how I worked and labored and all these things, what I did yesterday. So easy for me to stand in this place too today. Why are we prone to do this? And look what might be tomorrow. Well, I want each one of you to know at this very moment, I'm going to be a better preacher tomorrow. It's really so within my heart I'm going to be. I want to be. But you wait till tomorrow comes. And I doubt that I am or will be. Why is it that we want to vacate this hour for yesterday or tomorrow? If I understand what John is trying to say about Jesus Christ 
that he lived every hour. This is the hour. And he lived it. The way that he should live it. And so there's no regrets. None. Oh, to God. And I do say to this heart of mine, but so slow to move sometimes. This is the hour that you got and the only hour that you have. Now make the most of it. Oh, if I could do that. Come to my time, you could sing the doxology, you see. And it would be a meaningful experience. Because I lived according to the best dictates of my heart every hour of every day. But how many of you putting off something wonderful to do till tomorrow? Well, I know your heart because I know my own. A victory, a victory over life. How final these words are. I'm dying or dead. Again, I remember standing at the bedside with a little wife and, and a nurse. And this little lady's husband was dying. And he was dying so slowly that uh, you couldn't tell whether he was alive or dead. And the only way that we could tell or knew that he was gone was for the little nurse that, uh, with her instrument, was listening carefully to his heart. And after she listened four or five minutes, seemed like that long longer to me, she brought herself in an upright position and said, he's gone. He's dead. And it's so final. No more opportunities. It's finished. It cannot be changed. Nothing added or nothing taken from. But you see, today you don't need another opportunity because you have the privilege of walking the highway of God today. And hopefully we will live it in such a way that we too will come to that place and rejoice within the fact that we have lived a very full and a very fruitful life. The last thing I would call to your attention, I know the Lord Jesus Christ was saying that the great debt has been paid. The great debt for man's soul has been paid. The way of salvation has been made open to you and to me. A debt has been paid that there's no way that you could pay it. You do not have the wherewith to pay it. And you could not secure the payment to make it. Jesus Christ did something for you on the cross through his suffering there upon that cross that is so fantastic that it is given to you as a gift of God. By grace are you saved through faith. And it's not any work that you can do. Oh now, don't misunderstand me. We ought to work after we're saved. But you see, salvation is a gift of God. And here's where it took place. And Jesus is saying when it is finished, I know he was saying the plan of salvation is finished. It's done. It's perfected. And now it is open for you and for me to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. The soul of man has been ransomed. Has been ransomed. And you have something given to you that is absolutely fantastic. And you don't have to wait till tomorrow to receive it. Another minute. It is yours now. And the glorious thing about this life is that from day to day, there are things that are revealed about it that you had not dreamed about before. I think about what John is trying to tell us about Jesus. And I try to think about what Jesus did here upon the cross. 
when he said it's finished, and I'd like to illustrate it with this Hebrew illustration, but it says something to me about what John was trying to say and what you and I have. Now, you know, we as Methodists, we have a procedure in the way that we go about our business. And one way that we have within the church, the way that we deal with the ministry, because we want them to be able to go and come when we say go. And so by that, the preacher can never own his own home. I think they're going to change that pretty soon, but as of yet, they haven't. And so the preacher has to live in a home that is provided for him by the church. Now, that is wonderful, but you know, it also works against the preacher in a sense because he can never build up any equity in his home. And it's a possibility many of our older preachers came to the end of the way and retired and had no home to go to. Lived in someone else's home all of their life. Well, this old preacher here some years ago was coming to the end of his way, and he had a little church down here in the lower part of our state, and he had been there four or five years, quite a while, and, and the, the people, some of them, just really loved him very much. And one man, one family within that church had the wherewith to really do anything that they wanted to do for anyone that they thought anything about. And this man was a, was a builder. And so he built himself a home while that preacher was there and had the preacher to come out and to dedicate it for him and, and to bless his home. And many of the people in that area did that. And so he went out and, and had a service in this man's home to dedicate this beautiful home. And then the months rolled into a year or so and come time for the preacher knowing he's going to go to the annual conference and wouldn't be back because he, he had to retire. At that time, the retirement age was 72 and he was 72, and he had to retire. And so one of the last things that this man did before the old preacher left for conference was to take him out to another home and, and have him to, uh, to look at the, the house and, and think in terms of blessing it. And so he took the old preacher out and, and showed him his home, and he said, uh, he, the preacher said, this is just a beautiful home, and he said, do you think, what do you think about the people that would live here? You think they'd like, he said, to anyone. Surely living in this beautiful little home would, would just love it. I'm just sure any family that would buy this home would, would love it. And so they finished their inspection of this new home and, and walked outside. And, and the builder turned the key in the lock and, and locked the house up to walk away from it. And then he turned to the old preacher and took him by the hand and dropped the key in his hand and said, I hope you're right because this is your home. I will take care of the paperwork come tomorrow. The home was given to him. Now you have to understand that this is John talking. It's John here, and it's John in the 14th chapter talking to us when he says, listen to this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's what I told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you might be also. The two, in my mind, in my heart, are linked together. And it is as if the builder, Jesus Christ on the cross, saying as this man said to the old preacher, it's finished, it's done, it's over. And Jesus, in effect, has taken the keys to the kingdom of God. Not prepared by man's hand for you, but God has done it for you through Christ and has taken the keys to the kingdom of God and given it to you. It's finished. And so it is. Our Father, 
Help us then that we today might make the most of this home in effect that has been given to us, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.